Welcome everyone to another lesson at the University of Houston personal finance today we're going to talk about bargaining and negotiating with yourself so this week uh, we're jumping into uh, actually a couple of lessons and assignments because it's summer school we have kind of piled things on going much faster than we would in a regular session and today the topics the two topics which are really designed for two separate lessons two separate weeks two separate assignments is bargaining and negotiating and insurance 101 so I'll spend a little time today highlighting uh, the original lesson in bargaining and negotiating I'm going to add a couple of ideas that I've never discussed before uh, in class or in public <laughs> I'm going to talk about the idea factory and how we negotiate and bargain with ourselves so I'll highlight a few of those initial thoughts from my own idea factory which is in the business of manufacturing buying and selling ideas in the open market mostly all up in my head so <clears throat> we'll talk about that bargaining and negotiating it is early so those of you who are already here welcome um, assuming that you can hear me but if anyone could could confirm that you can hear me that would be awesome uh, thank you is that you gunner it is thanks absolutely this is your time Yeah, and you can't, you know, I, the class part, this is a great question, by the way, Gunnar, you want it, for those of you who can't hear, if you're not hearing, if you're watching on YouTube or Facebook, you may not have heard the question, but the question is, in the beginning, uh, the assignment, one of the assignments was to comment, and the first comment we highlighted was, how do you feel about online courses, and so that was great, that worked well. This semester, I started something kind of new. You get 200 points for class participation and collaboration so I'm asking you to be responsible throughout the semester for making comments each week I kind of highlight something that I would love to hear your comments on you get the liberty to choose whether or not you want to leave those comments uh, if you're listening or watching on Facebook live that's great leave the comment there if you're watching on YouTube leave the comment there um, if you're if you're just participating like if you just want to leave the comment in a more private space leave it in moneystudygroup.com um, so yeah that, that's a great question this week I'm gonna give you a little direction on what I would like to see at the end of the class at the end of this zoom meeting I'll tell you so Gunnar if you would please if if I forget to direct you and give you some direction about this week's comment just please raise your hand wave at me speak up and I'll make sure that I announce that I don't want to do it yet because it's 10:03 and we still have people joining who are not here so for those of you who are a students and you're here on time every week I'll just tell you this week 
the main lesson is about bargaining and negotiating with yourself. So I'm just going to ask you to leave a comment as you think about this week's lesson, as you learn a little bit more about bargaining and negotiating and the skills related to bargaining and negotiating. I want you to think about, this is new, this is this, is this week's comment, uh, I just want you to think about how critical, how essential, how ongoing and uh, always happening is this process of bargaining and negotiating with yourself. So this is an idea that came from my idea factory, which exists all, all up in my head, but it's, I think, an important, um, an important part of bargaining and negotiating. And so as I was thinking about today's lesson and what we were going to talk about in terms of bargaining and negotiating on my way into work today, I was thinking about just how many times, how much influence... Uh, how much I influence my own choices, my own decisions, my own behavior, the way that I think, constantly convincing myself of this or that, what's good for me, what's going to help me win, what's, what's going to be hard, what's going to be easy, what's going to be better. And so I'm constantly kind of bargaining and negotiating with myself about what I'm going to eat, where I'm going to go to lunch, what time I'm going to get out of bed. And I just think that it's helpful. Uh, for you as a younger person to put into perspective the reality that you constantly have a conversation with yourself about everything pretty much that you do. You may not pay attention to that conversation you're having with yourself, but in the process of having conversation all up in your head, you're making choices and you're making decisions and you're constantly bargaining and negotiating with yourself about what are you going to do with this present moment. And so for, for many of you, I know um, in my experience, uh, participating as the facilitator for this course, I've discovered, I've come to believe that uh, Facebook and YouTube and Netflix are way more fulfilling, more fun, more immediately gratifying than doing the work that you have to do to earn an A in this course. And so for those of you who are well on your way to earning an A, I applaud you. And for those of you who just joined or will be possibly not joining this discussion at all because you have other things that you've prioritized, to those of you who are like me, when I was in college, I earned a solid C. I can count on one hand the number of A's that I earned in college because it didn't really matter to me. I was paying for my own college. I wanted to graduate. I wanted to finish. I wanted to finish. That was what I wanted. I wanted to say, I have a college degree. And so earning and learning, earning those A's and learning all of the things that I could have learned, that was kind of secondary to me. And so I found as an instructor here, as an adjunct professor at the University of Houston, I've discovered that uh, most students, the number one priority is to get an A. It's not so much to learn or grow, but it's just to get that A. And so in my position, I'm constantly having to bargain and negotiate with you students, typically not the A students, typically the students who want an A, but aren't really prepared to do the work to earn the A. And that is something I relate to. Because when I was in college, 
I, w I was a master negotiator, so I feel very qualified to teach this lesson today about bargaining and negotiating. I can negotiate, well, I have negotiated very well in my life, and it's made a huge difference in the outcomes of my life. By taking the initiative and bargaining and negotiating, I've been very effective at getting what I want and sometimes that's good and sometimes it's good for the other person as well as it is for me and that's kinda the key to bargaining and negotiating is to find that place where it's good for you and it's good for the other person so we're gonna talk about bargaining and negotiating so thanks for joining uh, it is officially time to start so I'm gonna jump right in I see in the chat before I get started uh, thanks Ray you can hear me um, please do just chime in if you're in the chat if you're here uh, you might want to put your initials and the time that you joined it's now 10:09, so I'm not expecting to allow anyone else to join so I'm going to jump right into the lesson bargaining and negotiating now for those of you who are paying attention to blackboard which should be all of you uh, you see that you have two assignments that will be due next week and so the first one is bargaining and negotiating and in the assignment you'll see in Blackboard which I will post after today's Zoom meeting you'll see that you have some uh, things to do I will just scroll up and kind of show those to you so you're gonna spend about 30 minutes or so and do, do your own research about bargaining and negotiating um, I want you to include three YouTube links just YouTube Google is a great place to there's some great resources about bargaining and negotiating so I just want you to do a little research watch a few videos and then tell me what you learned and share the links to those videos in your assignment so you'll do that and you'll tell me why you chose those um, and there's one special guest in this week's um, learning Ramit Sethi uh, he's going to do he does a video he did a video a while back and it's just a great video about bargaining and negotiating your salary and why it matters so I want you to watch that video and tell me what you learned and what you appreciated from Ramit he's a he's a I think you'll like him I like him a lot I don't know that he knows who I am we've met a few times at conferences and I found him very very impressive and it's been it's been a while but his video on negotiating your salary is it's timeless it's good you'll like it it'll be helpful so that's why it's part of your homework. Uh, and then I want you to tell me this week, I want you to think about again, this is the comment that you're going to be, that you're, I'm asking you to share because I'm interested, curious to know, what, what did you think about this idea of bargaining and negotiating with yourself? So that's this week's class participation kind of post so for those of you who are watching on YouTube or Facebook live or you're watching later after the zoom meeting um, this is kind of the key secret ingredient for this week if you want to make sure you get all of your points make sure you uh, include a screenshot of where you left this comment I don't care where you leave the comment you got three choices Facebook YouTube or within your money study group course there's comments leave that anywhere um, in one of your comments 
under bargaining and negotiating. So that's what I'm asking for. You don't get extra points for that, but you won't get deducted. Speaking of extra points, let me mention, remind those of you who are still unaware of this opportunity. Uh, it's part of my bargaining and negotiating with you because when I started teaching this course I discovered pretty early on that there are two kinds of students. Students like me who just aren't willing to do the work to get the A. Uh, we'd rather wait until the last minute and hope for the best. That's how I went through college. Um, and some areas of my life that's how I go through my life. I hope for the best. And a couple extra pieces of pizza and an extra beer probably won't hurt me and it turns out that reality always has a different answer than what I have up here in my head at the moment so the point is um, many of you recognize and I learned this you taught me this many of you recognize that if you put in the time if you you know do the work you will earn an A and it will after you do it it will seem like an easy A because you've disciplined yourself to do the small things that you can do to achieve the big things that you couldn't do if you didn't have that thing called discipline that little muscle that gave you the power to do the bigger things so congratulations to those of you who have begun taking advantage of my um, bargain with you to do your assignments early turn them in by Friday at 3 p.m. you get extra points in addition to the extra points you get the opportunity to fix anything that may be um, you know lacking in your assignment um, so you get some input and you get extra points so for those of you who are not taking advantage of that that's totally cool with me that's your call you don't have to do that but I want to highlight something while we're on this how to earn extra points because I don't want to forget I'm gonna scroll all the way down to this deal right here my notes and I want to show you how students fall behind in this course and I'm gonna mention since it is summer school I'm gonna mention that summer school is particularly easy to fall behind because we're doubling up on several of these assignments and you're doing more than one each week and I know that some of you are working and you're very busy and I apologize for having to pay it to, to, to spend time on these kind of issues but I really want to help you whether you're the A student who's already doing everything that you need to do to earn more than an A and those of you who are struggling and at this point if you're still struggling it's time to think about withdrawing from the course from dropping the course and taking it in the fall when you have more time to do the homework and earn an easy A because if you get behind it's just not easy and it's it's going to be very difficult for some of you like this student who emailed me at 4:30 in the morning to let me know that they didn't have access to certain things that they needed to complete their assignment because they couldn't update their planning portal with the information they needed to complete the assignment okay so for those of you who have been here on time paying attention uh, doing the work you know that I invited you to sign up for your planning portal at Bayrock and you did that and when you did that you created this little you started your financial plan and when you did that 
my team went in and we changed some of the settings so that you would have access to all of the data cards that you need to complete your plan and all do the work that you need to do to to master your capstone assignment which is being built week by week each of these data cards that you create in each assignment is developing your financial plan which in essence is creating your capstone assignment so that when you get to that big 200 point assignment called your capstone it'll be done you won't have to do any work you'll just be reviewing your own financial plan which is kind of a cool concept but if you're behind if you're still just now signing up for the portal like this student did you're oh, gonna see these blanks I mean, you're not going to have access to these cards. You won't see it because this is what my team sees. So when you sign up, I go in, my team goes in, and we change the settings so that you have access to all these data cards. And if you sign up late, well, I don't. we don't monitor who signs up late and go in and follow up. That's kind of your job to sign up and, and register. You know, that's how the course goes. That's called scope and sequence, and that's how learning and education works. So um, I'll be happy. My team is happy to jump right on it, just like we did with this student. We did this this morning so that this student has the ability now to go and make the changes, and they got those 30 minutes before 10 a.m. So... I'm not taking responsibility for the fact that this student did not have access to the right information until 9.30 a.m. because this student sent me an email in the wee hours of the morning and I got to it this morning and fixed it. And I'll fix it for you and I want to fix it for you. If there's something that you need that I can provide, I'm all over that. However, if you're still falling behind at this point, it's time to consider dropping the course. It really is because it's going to just get harder. And it's not my job to make it easier for you. I'm sorry, but that's not what I signed up for. I signed up for, I've been doing this for about 10 years, and I've discovered that it's the A students that are doing the work that are, you know, doing what I've tried to bargain with you to do. And, and I've done everything I can to make it easy for you if you just do that. So if, if you're behind at this point, I would really encourage you just to think about dropping the course and taking it again in the fall. It'll be much easier for you. It'll be a much better experience. You'll learn more and you'll feel a lot less stress. So that's all I'm going to say about that. I don't know. I don't know when the last day is to drop the course in the summer. Does anybody know that? If you do, chat it in, please. But um, anyway, that's it for that. Let's jump in back into bargaining and negotiating. So what you see there is a picture of fish at the market. So there's this word I learned a long time ago called lanyap. That's why I picked that picture. And I think it's a Greek word, lanyap, L-A-G-N. A-P-P-E, I think is how it's spelled, but Lanyap is the idea, this concept that when you go to the market, um, the, in the old days, I think it was in Greece, Greek, the, the culture was when you go to a, a, a vendor, uh, someone at the market, they would weigh out what you were buying. Let's say you were buying 10 pounds of fish. So they'd weigh it out so that the scale was at 10 pounds. And of course, being an honorable, honest merchant, they would make sure that their scales were right. But just to be sure, just to make certain that you're getting a good bargain, they'd throw an extra fish on. 
So you get your 10 pounds of fish plus a little lanyap, okay? Lanyap. And that's what this picture is to kind of highlight, is that in the process of bargaining, getting a good bargain, you w always want to get more than your money's worth. That's what we want. That's the whole point of bargaining. And negotiating is the, the things that you do to make a good bargain. So I'm just curious about your experience, and this is what I'm hoping you'll tell me in this week's assignment, is what is your experience with bargaining and negotiating? And I'm kind of curious, too, do you think it's two different things, bargaining and negotiating? How would you define bargaining? How would you define negotiating? Is it the same definition, or are there distinctions? I think there are some distinctions, but just something I'm curious about. What do you think? Is bargaining and negotiating the same thing? What's similar? What's different? Just want you to start thinking about bargaining and negotiating. So here's the thing. If we were together, if we were in the same room, um, and this is how I've taught this lesson for a decade, but <laughs> thanks to COVID, I get to talk to this plastic camera. I am back to my plastic camera, my really good camera. I stopped working with Zoom for some reason, so now I'm back to my cheap little $50 Logitech camera, and I'm literally talking to a plastic camera. But in my heart and in my mind, I'm talking to you. So here's the question I would ask if we had the privilege of being together in the same room. I would, I would ask you to tell me and think about for yourself, if, which group are you in? And on one side of the room, on this side of the room, we would have people like me and people like Dave Ramsey. I don't know if you've ever watched Dave Ramsey talk about bargaining and negotiating, but it's like the one topic. It's, he gets pretty excited about all the topics he teaches. He's got tons of energy and animation, but when he talks about bargaining and negotiating, the dude gets really excited. And it's kind of fun. It was always my favorite lesson that Dave taught about personal finance was bargaining and negotiating because he got so excited. So if you're in that group, like I am, where you believe that bargaining and negotiating is something that you actually enjoy, something that you actually do, something that you want to do, something you actually recognize as a part of your life, if that's who you are, then you're on this side of the room, okay, that side. And let's say you're like my wife, Connie, who I love with all my heart. Bargaining and negotiating for her feels a little bit awkward. It's uncomfortable. She doesn't love doing it. And she pretty much doesn't do it for the most part. She'll do it. Well, actually, she's pretty good at it um, if she decides she needs to do it. But it's just not her second nature to try to bargain and negotiate anything, really. And so she's on this side of the room. So let's say... Let's say this side of the room is side A. That means you are all about bargaining and negotiating. And this is side B, which that's kind of scary because B and bargain, it's, it starts with B. So what we'll call this side of the room, uh, this imaginary side of the room, let's call it side B, which is for 
BBB, I don't know. It's just these are the people that look at bargaining and negotiating as something that's not comfortable. It's awkward. It's just not something you think you want to do. Okay, so we got these two groups. Now here's the question. It's a really, really important question. I ask this every time I teach this lesson. What do you think the difference is, the measurable dollar amount in terms of the value, the benefit of these two groups? So here's the setup. Let's assume that everybody in the room on this side and on that side, everybody in the room makes $100,000 a year. And let's say that everybody has the same, lives in the same neighborhood, the same house, drives the same car, everything's equal, okay? Except the difference is that people on this side of the room, A, people like me and Dave Ramsey and people that you know who love to bargain, love to negotiate, we do that. We bargain and negotiate everything. And the people on this side of the room, like my wife Connie and some people you know and maybe you, don't really like to bargain and negotiate so you're on that's why you're on this side of the room so the question is let's say everybody makes a hundred thousand dollars a year but one side of the room bargains and negotiates everything the other doesn't what do you think the percentage is of the benefit the gain of a hundred thousand dollar a year income we all have to spend money on you know some place to live a vehicle to drive, insurance, internet, utilities, groceries, clothes, toys, computers, watches, the list goes on and on and on. So we're all spending money, but the difference is on this side of the room, we're negotiating and we're bargaining. So I just, I'm curious, what do you think? Uh, Anthony, I like that. Negotiating sounds more classy to me. And the adrenaline you get when negotiating. Okay, that's that's cool. But now, Anthony, tell me, how would you say if you're, you know, living in that adrenaline and doing the bargaining and negotiating, what's the percentage, the dollar amount maybe, that you're going to be ahead of someone else who buys the same things, you know, the same services, the same products, spends the same basic budget, but doesn't ever bargain or negotiate anything. Anybody have any ideas? I don't see any big answers there. Usually I get something like, I get all a big range. If we were in class, I would point at you and ask you, what do you think? What do you think the percentage would be? And if I did point at you and you did answer, you'd say something like 30% or 20%. And then we'd all talk about, is that too high? Is that too low? And who knows? We, nobody knows. But the point is, there is a difference. There is a range of benefit that comes from being having the mindset that you're going to bargain and negotiate everything. And those of us, not us, but those uh, like my wife who don't really want to bargain or negotiate at all for them they end up, they end up spending more money on the same products and the same services so uh, yeah, any any amount that you save or negotiate is good that's right but that's not a percentage Anthony so I'm just saying what do you think out of a hundred thousand dollars what's the dollar amount that you think you would benefit or save or be ahead if you chose to bargain and negotiate everything versus 
just pay what they're asking just don't even try so that's the question so while you're thinking about that think about this this is another list I always try to create when we're together it's the list of things that are negotiable and the things that are non-negotiable like what are the things in your life that you know either from your own experience or from watching that person in your family who's like me who thinks you can bargain and negotiate everything what are some of the things that can be negotiated make that list either make it in your head or make it on a piece of paper or post it in the comments what are and this could be your comment for the week like if you're not comfortable posting uh, what you know what you've thought about in terms of bargaining and negotiating with yourself maybe you came up with a really good list of things you can negotiate and things you cannot negotiate because that's a list that we need to work with and if you will, would do that let's just pretend that everyone on this side of the room made their list and everyone on this side of the room made their list if we were together what we would do if we had the luxury of being together with a chalkboard or a whiteboard or just a group of people who were quickly answering the question online, what we would find is that the people whose mentality, whose mindset is that they don't like to negotiate, they would naturally come up with a whole list of things that they would say are not negotiable. And so what happens is, uh, what happens is people who have that mindset who are afraid or just don't like the idea of bargaining and negotiating in their mind not that much in life is really negotiable you go to the grocery store you buy a car you rent an apartment you buy a house you just pay whatever you have to pay and the other side is like no let's try a different approach and so think about those two lists and you know I think it'd be kind of cool if half the class posted one lit well posted their list of things that are negotiable and things that are not negotiable and then someone from the other side of the room posted their list of things that are negotiable and things that are not negotiable and it'd be kind of funny to watch and see and you'd be able to look at the list and tell which side of the room they're on trust me it's true so that's uh we don't really have time because it's summer school and we're going so fast we can't spend that much time on creating the list but you can do that and I would like for you to do that just think about it for you know five minutes make a list and post it in the comment either on Facebook YouTube or inside money study group that could be the alternative and you could grab a screenshot of that and not the other one that's way so personal right bargaining and negotiating with yourself so okay enough about that so that's the list the question is if you're on this side of the room group of people who negotiate bargain everything and or you're on this side of the room people who really feel like it's awkward uncomfortable and they just don't want to do it what do you think the range the the difference is in terms of the benefit the dollar amount the percentage of income that gets saved by people who bargain and negotiate everything there's a number and your number may be different than my number but it's a number I promise you and so that's one thing to think about as you go into this week's homework about bargaining and negotiating the bottom line is the the bottom line question I want you to ask yourself and it's part of your homework is 
what will you negotiate? What is worth it to you to say, I'm going to develop a few skills that will help me become a better negotiator, someone who can make a better bargain? What is it worth to you to develop those skills? Will you commit to develop those skills? Because in terms of this big goal of becoming a millionaire by the time you're 50, I promise you, when you take the annual amount of savings, the annual amount of benefit that you get from becoming an effective negotiator, whether it's negotiating the next raise at your job, negotiating a better job uh, with a different employer, or buying a car, buying a house, just regular shopping for clothes and computers and toys, all of those things that become part of your experience as a consumer in a consumerism, a culture of consumerism, all of the things that you do, that you choose to do to exercise the skills that you need to exercise to become a better negotiator, all of those things will move the needle. And they can move the needle considerably in your life. So that's why bargaining and negotiating is one of the main topics of personal finance in this course. So this week's homework is pretty important. But it's not so important for this week because you're a student and it's summer school and you probably got a hundred other things you need to be doing and that's okay. But what I want you to do is I want you to take this lesson and just plant the seed up in your idea factory all up in your head that you go and you think about Every time you spend money, every time you make a purchasing commitment decision, think about what's possible if you decided to make a better bargain, do a little better negotiating. So that's the point of this lesson. And I want you, hopefully, to adopt an approach where you become someone who does that, who actually does that. When I started teaching this course, it was over 10 years ago, um, <clears throat> I needed some furniture and we needed some, my wife and I, we bought this house in Kerrville and we had taken our nice leather furniture, it was very old, but we took it to uh, Kerrville to, you know, furnish our house in Kerrville. And then we replaced that furniture with some stuff that was at an estate sale. It was new, but it was, it was junk. It was the worst furniture I ever bought. I hated it. It was uncomfortable. It was a big mistake, so it's time to buy new furniture, and we both knew it. So we knew what we wanted. We wanted leather, uh, matching leather sofas with an additional leather love seat that matched, and we wanted them to be recliners, and we wanted them to be electric. So you could push a button and have the recliner go out, and we wanted brown leather. We knew what we wanted. We knew what we wanted. And then one Sunday afternoon, my wife was talking to her sister, and her sister said she bought all new furniture and she loved it, and they got it at Ashley Furniture. So my wife and I get on my Goldwing motorcycle, which she rarely does, but she does occasionally because she loves me and she wants to show me that she trusts me, and, but she really doesn't like getting on my motorcycle, but she did. It was a nice Sunday evening early evening we drove on the Goldwing motorcycle to Ashley Furniture on Interstate 45 in Webster Texas close to our house and we had found I looked online they had the furniture that we wanted this perfect set 
two couches, a love seat, electric recliners. Um, and so I went there, they had it, and I'm like, that's exactly what we wanted. My wife's like, that's yeah, kind of expensive. I'm like, yeah, but it's perfect. I, we had the cheap stuff. Let's get what we really want. So the nice salesman was writing the ticket up, and I was sitting there on my new couch, you know, the one in the showroom, and I was thinking, I did no negotiation here. I did no bargaining. So I knew that I was about to teach this lesson that week, so I felt a little bit like I wasn't walking the walk, you know what I mean? So anyway, I asked the salesman, I said, and the reason I asked the salesman is because I knew I was going to try to convince you to, you know, engage in bargaining and negotiating. So I thought I should probably try to do the same thing. Even though I could afford to pay the amount, it just seemed like, okay, it does make sense to, to check. So I asked the sales guy, I said, if I searched, if I shopped around, would I find this cheaper somewhere else? And his answer was, what do you think his answer was? This nice young man who gets paid commission to sell products for a big retail furniture company who has an amazing showroom, an amazing store, what do you think his answer was? What, 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 if you had his job, what would your answer be? You, you can leave that in the comment too if you want. But <clears throat> So his answer was this. Instead of answering the question, yeah, we're the best deal in town, that's what I was hoping to hear, he started to tell me all about their service and the fact that they're going to deliver it tomorrow to my house, that if I ever have a problem with it, you just call the store and they would take care of it, that they had this great insurance plan, so if I poked a hole in it with my, you know, my pen, boom, they would fix it. So that's his answer. And I'm thinking, and you're a good salesman. I've, I've been in sales all my life. I appreciate, I respect that. But that's really not answering my question because here I am I'm sitting here about to spend almost six thousand dollars for two couches and a love seat along with the delivery fee the the damage waiver fee the you know it's basically insurance if I if something happens to it they'll replace it so and the taxes the whole price was going to be around six grand and I'm sitting there while he's writing this up and I'm thinking I should check around. I should do a little research, which is one of my favorite seven tips to bargaining and negotiating is research. So you'll see that in your homework assignment. So I did a little research. I pulled out my little iPhone and I actually took a picture of the tag with the name of the product in Ashley Furniture Store and I Googled it. So I Googled it and I found it, the identical couches and love seat, the identical, from a place called Coleman, Coleman Furniture. And I started looking at Coleman, and I'm wondering, the price was way less than half, less than half. And I'm like, how can they do that? It's the same manufacturer, it's the same product, it's just a different warehouse. And I'm like, how can they do that? And I start to read, and what happens is, if you buy this same product from Coleman, they're going to deliver it for free. They're going to sell you an insurance product, which is similar to what Ashley's was selling. But instead of selling you an insurance product per piece, 
there were three pieces it was 250 bucks per you know per piece they sell you one insurance product for your entire order so I'm getting three insurance pro you know basically coverage for three different products for the same price which was the same price as each of the other ones so that was a savings and because it was an online deal at the time there was no tax free delivery no tax and the insurance was a fraction of the price and the base price was half less than half so I'm like I can get this for 2500 bucks plus plus what you know about 2500 bucks I'm like that's crazy so I felt really bad I went out to my Goldwing motorcycle and I had like forty dollars in cash I keep cash stashed in my motorcycle I, I felt bad for the salesman because you know I, I've, I've lived on commission for most of my life and and I hate to waste people's time who get paid to provide service and get paid a commission I know how that works and I felt terrible but I didn't feel that terrible I'm like dude I'm sorry but I just can't do that so he tried to talk me into it explaining again about the great service and the great you know insurance coverage and I'm like, dude, I appreciate that, but look at the numbers here. Come on, man. I'd hate to have your job because you're selling something here in this store with all of this overhead, including your sales commission. You know, paying professionals is not cheap. And he was a good, you know, good professional. You're, pe you're competing on a product that's identical to something you can just push a button and buy at half the price dude I'd hate to have your job I'm sorry here's 40 bucks it's all I got if I had a hundred bucks I'd give you a hundred bucks for your time but all I got is 40 bucks here thank you very much and that was the end of that and I went home the only drawback to buying that furniture from Coleman versus Ashley's was one day delivery I had to wait like two weeks for the thing to get delivered to my house but they showed up it was called white glove delivery they set it up, they brought it in, they took the old furniture. It was amazing. Um, and I saved like 2500 bucks. Actually, a little more than that. So that's my story. That's my anecdote for putting this into practice and just doing the things that you have to do if you want to be uh, not even an expert negotiator or bargainer, but just a, just a reasonably effective, prudent kind of frugal, industrious, smart, wise consumer, okay? There's so many things you can bargain and negotiate, and the furniture is just one of them, and that's just one story. You have your own stories if you look around, if you start to talk to some of the people in your family and in your community who you recognize are really good at, you know, being a good negotiator, making good bargains you can learn from them and I encourage you to learn from them and to learn that a few skills and just the intentionality will make you better at making good bargains and being a better negotiator so I hope that hope that convinces you because that's really the point of today's lesson alright so that's your assignment you're gonna write a little article 800 to a thousand words um, and then I give you in the, in the assignment in your homework I give you my seven rules for bargaining and negotiating so number one and this is 
this is just my list. You can make your own list, but I want to give you seven rules for bargaining and negotiating that I found over the years kind of make sense. Number one, we've been talking about this already, and that is um, negotiate anything and everything. It's just the mindset that you can and should negotiate and bargain um, if you want to use your money wisely. So that's number one. It's just the idea that you can and you know you can pretty much negotiate so many things you may not have thought about okay so open your mind to that possibility number two exercise your walk away muscle so this one is in my opinion one of the most important and that is if you're ever in a negotiation if you're so in love with it so in love with whatever it is you're trying to make a good bargain on that you can't walk away from it a guy like me is going to see that you know and they're you're going to not make the best deal. However, if you're willing and able to just walk away, think about it. I've always used uh, the example of buying a car. It's weird, though. I bought a car a few months ago, and because of COVID, the supply and demand, because of the chips that are in cars, it's this crazy thing has happened with the used car market, just like with houses. The price has just gone crazy. I promise you it's an anomaly. It's not going to last. But it is absolutely right now that this example just doesn't work. Because if you go to the dealer and you make an offer and they say, no, we don't negotiate, and then you walk away, they'll let you walk away today because of supply and demand being crazy thanks to the shutdown, thanks to our government and so many things that are at play right now but it was a great story in the past but right now it doesn't work for cars or houses but trust me okay in a year this will work for cars and houses just like it works for other things that you might buy um, it's just a weird time right now but just don't fall in love with it be willing to walk away and that's one of the skills that you need if you want to make a good bargain and be a good negotiator number three practice the discipline of delayed gratification so like I said with that furniture if I needed the furniture wanted the furniture to be delivered tomorrow is that really worth 2500 bucks I mean that's a small example but it's one example that you you can think about and just make sure that you're not paying this massive price for instant gratification when in reality if you wait you're gonna find a better deal but if you have to have instant, it's just like that walk away muscle. If you have to have it right now and you have to have that one, you're going to pay for that. And it's going to cost you. And over your lifetime, it's going to cost you a lot. So number four, comparison shopping builds three essential skills. And I can't remember what they were at the moment, but comparison shopping, I know it builds patience. It makes you smarter about the product because you get to see different things that you didn't think of. So comparison shopping, and you can do comparison shopping online. So my favorite way to comparison shop is reading Amazon reviews, which I used to believe were all true. I'm not sure they are. So anyway, it's one of the things that it develops a skill. Research is a skill. I'm kind of lazy at research. I'm getting better at it, but research is really important and that's one of the skills I think that shopping around uh, comparison shopping helps you develop research skills so go with that number five 
cash is king. Now, there was a time when actually peeling out $100 bills moved the needle in a negotiation. But these days, I, I really believe, and if you ask Dave Ramsey, he says cash is king, and he actually means cash money. Like, you know, I bought this, uh, this, I, I bought this fifth wheel RV. It's a 42-foot bighorn fifth wheel RV camper. And the dude wanted cash, 25 grand. So I'm like, I wanted, I, w I made a deal with him. I said, I'll give you 22.5. You want cash? I'll bring cash, but I'm not bringing 25. I'll bring 22.5. So he said, okay. So in that case, cash helped. But I had to actually drive across town with $22,500. I wouldn't really suggest my daughter do that. I wouldn't suggest my wife do that. I probably wouldn't suggest you do that. I did take my 9mm with, no, I did not. I do have a 9mm, but I don't carry it around. But imagine, that was a lot, that was more money than I ever had, you know, in my possession, like cash money. So cash is king. The truth is, buying power is really what's powerful, is being, having the ability to pay right now. Um, when I was a State Farm agent, one of the things I did was help my clients finance automobiles. So we had, State Farm was the fifth largest bank, State Farm Bank. It is no more. It's not even avail around anymore. But when I was a State Farm agent, um, car finance was one of the things I did for my clients. And so I would help, I would help equip them to go buy a car. And the way I would do that is we would pre-qualify them for the loan and give them a check. Here's the check. Go find a car and buy it. So they'd walk into the dealer with an actual check from State Farm Bank, and they could then make a good deal. Even though it wasn't cash, purchasing power is very powerful. So that's number five. Number six, silence is golden. In negotiation, just being able to shut up can be very effective. When you say something like, that's just not good enough, and then be quiet. It's a very powerful technique, very simple. You can learn it. I encourage you to give it a test drive in whatever it is you're going to negotiate next. Number seven, timing is everything. And this is true about life, I think. Timing is very important. Um, again, the example I've used over and over all these for a decade is buying a used car. You there's this reality about inventory. If you're a used car dealer and you have a car lot, you have inventory. You have these cars that you've spent money on and they're sitting on your lot. At the end of the quarter, you know, if you're still paying for all these cars, they're still sitting on your lot, that's not a good thing. You want to have as, you know, you want to turn that inventory over. And so in the past, before we had this crazy COVID supply demand issue with especially cars, back in the day, timing on buying a car, if you were willing to wait till the end of the month, the end of the quarter, or the end of the year, you would get, you were sure to have a much better opportunity to get a much better price. And that's just the way it is. If you're buying a house and you have to buy a house right now, trust me, the timing is really bad to buy a house right now. It's a terrible time 
to buy a house. I know you're feeling like, oh, but if I wait, it's just going to keep going up and up and up. And it could for another year or two or three or four or five. I'm just saying it's going to come down at some point because right now people are doing crazy things to buy a house and it's driving the price up just like used cars and it will not last but I can't tell you when it'll end either but timing really does matter and the more patient you can be the better you're going to be the better deals you're going to make so I hope those seven tips help you become a better negotiator so that you can make better bargains that's the point of this week's lesson and your homework assignment is to just tell me some things you're gonna you know tell me what you learned and tell me what you're gonna bargain and negotiate in your life so I want to spend a minute now before we end it's 10:52. your next um, the next assignment is to do uh, to get an, a quote for your car insurance so I'm very sorry but we're basically going to just skim through insurance. Insurance could be an entire semester of study. But the truth is insurance is a very big part of your budget. It's a category in every American's budget. And so insurance, it's, it's a very important uh, part of your financial life, your personal finance. And so I selected car insurance as just one way for you to learn the basic moving parts of insurance, like the premium, the deductible, the coverage amounts, the different coverages. And a car insurance quote, by getting a quote for your car insurance, whether you drive or not, you can get a quote for your roommate's car, I don't care. I just want you to get a quote so that you can compare different coverages, maybe different companies. The easiest way to do this assignment is to call your insurance agent. So for example, let's pretend that your parents have you on their policy at State Farm. The easiest and best way I think for you is not to go to insurancequote.com. You'll get in you'll get emails from insurance companies from now and excuse me, from now until the time you turn 59 and a half. I mean, it, it, so the best way to do it is if you just go to the person, the company that's insuring your family now or yourself now and just get a quote. Get a quote and change some, say you want a lower deductible, a higher deductible, you want different coverages. Look at what you have, do a little review. There's some information in Money Study Group for you to learn about what's involved in getting a quote your car insurance so learn a little bit about the coverages that are available and then look at your own deck page that's a declarations page that's the thing that you get every renewal that tells you what coverages you have on your vehicle and how much you're paying for each coverage and then call your insurance agent and ask for a quote with some different coverages so that you can see a comparison between higher liability, higher uninsured, underinsured. Maybe you don't even have uninsured and underinsured, and maybe you don't even know what that is. You need to figure out what that is this week. That's part of your assignment for the insurance uh, assignment to get a quote for your car insurance. If you don't drive, you don't have a license, that's okay. You're going to have to work with somebody who does, and you're going to have to help them get a quote. Um, but that's the, that's what I what, what you're supposed. You can pretend you're getting a quote. I mean, you can get a quote even if you're not driving, and say, "Here's my situation. I need insurance. Give me a quote." So if you have no insurance, that may be what you have to do. 
It won't take long. You can do most of it. You can do it online. I would do it with my agent though because then you're getting a real quote and you may find that you have some gaps in your car insurance and you may want to make some adjustments and this could be a very practical assignment. So that's your insurance assignment for this week. Sorry it's so short, but we just don't have time. It's now 10.55 a.m. and I've gone longer than um, I typically want to go, but it's summer school and we have a lot to cover in a very short amount of time. So if you have questions, now's a good time for you to pop those into the chat. I will hang around uh, for a few minutes on the Zoom call, but I'm going to end the broadcast, so give me just 10 seconds. That's it for today. We'll see you next week on moneystudygroup.com.